Okay, thank you, Father Boutros, for inviting me. Um, maybe I'll just stand up here so that I can see all of you better. Um, before I begin the talk, I would like to ask you, do you have any questions to ask me? Maybe I can gather your questions, and, and, and um, I know what I want to say, and at the same time, answer your questions while I'm speaking so that you get the most out of this. Yes, yes? How do you deal with lukewarmness? How do I deal with lukewarmness? Okay, any other questions? How do I deal with lukewarmness? Any question? Yes? How do you separate the sin from the sinner from the sin? How sorry, how do I? How do you separate the sinner from the sin? How do I separate the sinner from the sin? The sin is the action what's being happening. The sinner is the person. Okay. We love the person. We love the person unconditionally. And the sins, we know all the sins of humanity from the Bible. Just say, for example, look at Satan. First day of creation. And, and I'll, I can just, just talk from your questions. We will get into the discussion, okay? The sin, there's a difference. How can we separate the sins from the sinner? The sin, we know. We know from Satan. For example, first day of creation, um, it's not a 24-hour day, but the first, first time frame. God created what? He created the place heaven. Why? After he created heaven, he created the angels to live in heaven with him. The angels were all good. God created everything good. And then, but they have a free will. So using the free will, they can accept God or reject God, just like us. So when they reject God, it's the will rejecting God. God is the source of all goodness. What is God? God, God is the creator. Almighty good God, those three things. Creator, he created everything, but him, his, he himself was not created because he's the creator. He's the almighty, he's the most powerful spirit out there, and he's a good God. He created creation. Why? To give his love. Well, how do we know that? God is love. But what does that mean? Love, God's love is different from maybe our love, human love. God's love is unconditional. So this, okay, look at this. God's love is unconditional. This is the key word. People's love, our love, we have the ability to love, but often our love is conditional. What do I mean? If you're nice to me, I'm nice to you. But you insulted me. You made fun of me. You put pop behind my back. Sorry, you broke my heart. I cannot love you. This is a normal human reaction, right? We love people conditionally. If you are under my condition, you did not insult me. You did not hurt me. It's also, it's always with me, me, me. You be nice to me, you be bad to me, 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 me. It's what? It's selfishness. Conditional love means what? Selfishness. It's my own personal meditation. I meditate on life. But God is different. Look at God's love. What does unconditional love mean? God is unconditional. If God was selfish like us, do you think he would have created creation? Look at us, okay? How many people on earth even know God, have faith? Most people don't have faith. They're not Christians. And those who are Christians, as you said, lukewarmness. Most of us are lukewarm. We're not always, you know, very spiritual and love God and so strong all the time. 
we don't even often okay we don't even keep any one of god's commandments to the degree that he wants do you know that one of the commandments of god if i look at the bible because i studied the bible with our nuns the commandments are god of god are teaching us what is good or what is right and what is wrong do good don't do wrong for example okay love your enemies love everyone as yourself love god with your 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 heart mind and soul um f- forgive um if one asks for your coat give him your shirt as well if you give your shirt as well what does it mean you're naked have you thought of that if someone borrows from something from you don't ask it back meaning give it it's the commandments of god are telling us what to do and the virtues and what not to do what is good and what is bad and they are so hard to keep can you really give someone your shirt and be naked when they ask for your coat if someone asks you to go one mile do me a favor can you go two miles don't you say it's enough i went one mile with you not every time i go two miles maybe once in a while but not every time right do we really love everyone the same don't you love your family more than others is that breaking the commandments of god what this will mean see so when i studied the bible with our nuns in the last 10 years i studied word by word to know what does it really mean not to judge so that you will not be judged what does that mean if i don't judge you for being a killer a liar a thief and you really are and i do the same will god not judge me does that what does it mean you know all these things that we hear all the time i'm like a life philosopher all my life i've been searching for the purpose of life and all my questions about life, just like you're asking these questions. I've discovered in the Bible, as I studied the Bible with our nuns word by word, I'll tell you how I studied the Bible. I've been doing this for over the last 10 years. I study it word by word. And I have six nuns teaching me. Each one sits with me an hour and a half a week. Each one teach me something. One may teach me Genesis, the other teach me Gospels and John. You know, just a different book of the Bible. And I get to ask all the questions I want, because it's one-on-one. We go according to time. So one and a half hours is not according to quantity. We don't have to finish the page or the parable. I can dwell on this one word for, for three hours. That means two lessons over two weeks. I can ask all the questions, and that's what I've been doing. In the last 10 years, after studying the Bible like this of our hands, all the questions that about life, all your questions, okay? You know what? I find answers to them. And one of the answers to in the Bible, if you studied it well, very well, word by word. I don't, when I read the Bible, I don't just say, oh, Virgin Mary is saying this, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. I don't just take this as she said it. I'm thinking, what? My soul magnifies the Lord. How do you do that? What is the soul? What is she talking about? How does the soul magnify the Lord? How do we do that? I take every word, I meditate to see, how do I benefit now, now, as I'm sitting with Ronan, now, not after two weeks, not after I, we finish the chapter, now. And I dwell on every word, to, I want to understand, I want to understand. Every word in the Bible, God put for a reason. I want to understand, what's that reason? So I've been studying for the last 10 years, and I finished the New Testament, word by word, and the Old Testament, I'm three quarters done, but I haven't finished the whole thing. Okay, to answer your question, okay, how do we separate the sinner and the sin? You have to understand, 
God's, God's commandment first. Jesus himself said, he came down incarnated as a person. He didn't just send St. Paul the Apostle or St. Mark to say it or, or, or any apostle. He himself said it. He said the greatest commandment. When the scribe asked him, what is the greatest commandment? You know, I Googled on, um, on the mobile. I have a mobile. I Googled commandments of God in the Bible. It came up with over a thousand commandments. You know, do this, don't do that, all this. You know, some stuff, one stops on, 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 on the cheek, turn the other, um, go two mile, whatever, you know, like um, be humble, learn from Jesus, he's lowly and humble. Now, all the commandments that you can think of, honor your parents, love your neighbors, forgive your enemies, all the commandments, there's over a thousand. What do we focus on? What do we really focus on? Being humble, being faithful. All the commandments, Jesus himself said, focus on love. Jesus said, the greatest commandment, when, when the scribe asked him, what is the, you know, and what is a scribe? A scribe is a person who's educated, often, often like a lawyer, who understands the Old Testament, and he, as he is writing it, because I guess they didn't have photocopiers in the past, as he is transcribing it or, or copying it, he understands every word he writes because they're very picky about you know the word being correct in the Old Testament with the Jews. You can't you know write it wrong or or any spelling spelling mistakes or punctuation mistakes. Okay, the person is very perfect and understands and studies the Old Testament, the prophecies and the laws of Moses. And this one person who's so educated in the Old Testament, he asked Jesus, "What is the which?" is the greatest commandment, because there's so many. Jesus himself said, and take this to heart, Jesus said, love me, love God, meaning him, okay? Love God with all, okay, think about it. If we love God with all our heart, meaning 100%, all our soul, meaning our passion, our desires, which we can control, our passions, our, our desires, okay? Our mind, meaning our understanding, our imagination even, our thinking, and all our strength, meaning our actions, whatever we do. If we love God with our heart, mind, and soul, and strength, what's left of us? Nothing, nothing. It's a commandment. What is a commandment? It means you must do it. You must. Does God ask us for more than we can do? No, right? God not ask us more than we can give of him, right? Okay, it's a commandment meaning we have to, how? And then the second commandment, he says, after you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and get his what? Unconditional love. Then the second commandment is to love your neighbors as yourself. What does loving neighbors as yourself mean? Does it mean you love your wife or your spouse the same as any other spouse? Does it mean you love your kids the same as any other kid on the street? You know, this is how I study the Bible. What does it really mean? And I would ask our nuns, and I would ask, and some nuns would say this, someone would say, some would say yes, some would say no, you love your family more, some would say after, okay. So then I asked the bishops, we get bishops who come and talk to us, you know, like, you know, and I asked my bishop, my abbot, until I get the right answer. So that's how I study the Bible. Okay, now go back to your question. How can we separate a sinner and the sin? Jesus said, love your neighbors as yourself. Okay, how? 
we know the sins of humanity. It's pride. It's all in the Bible. It's pride, it's envy, it's jealousy, it's, it's ignorance, lack of faith, um, killing. Okay, we know the sins of humanity. So that expect, expect that it may happen that those sins may come. I too, thank you. Um, so expect that any of those sins may come out of somewhere. You expect it. You expect it. That it may. And we know all the sins of humanity, not being considerate, not caring, being deceitful, being critical, judging, hating, lying, selfishness, all these notes, envy, jealousy, okay? You put the sins, we know the sins of humanity. Who are we going to blame for them? If you want to blame someone, really? Trace back to Adam and Eve. We just inherited this state, right? This nature, this sinful nature. That's why we're sinners. So how can you forgive, forgive someone if you can't? My husband hurt me from my heart. He slapped me on the face. I'm going to call the car on him. No, anything, anything happened, okay? How can we forgive? You think about it. If we understand, we look at the big picture. Humanity fell from whom? Adam and Eve. They rejected God. They wanted to be God themselves. They wanted to know evil. Why? You know, God said, don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil or else you will die. And then um, Satan talks to the serpent and said, no, you will not die. You'll be like God. No good and evil. You will not die. And they believed it. Why did they want to know evil? Why? Because they desired to do evil. For example, if I don't like to be homosexual, I personally don't. I don't want to know. It's just disgusting. I don't want to know. I don't want to see pictures. I don't want to know. I don't want it because I hate that sin. If I hate a sin, I hate people killing others. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see murderers. I don't want to see how they cut people out. I don't want to know. But if I want to know, it's because why? I have a desire. I have a liking. I have an interest. I'm interested. Okay. Why did they want to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? When God created them to know good only. Because they desire evil. They reject the God. Right? They reject the God. They want to be God themselves. Why do they reject God? They don't want this mighty God coming down and talking to us and you know hearing his voices, telling us what to do and don't do this and don't do that. They just leave us alone. We want freedom. We're like that too, right? Okay, they reject the God, they want evil. God said, okay, I created you good, you reject me, I give you freedom, fine. Be as you like. So we were born without faith. Have you not been born without faith? Doesn't many people know they're not faith? Because they reject God. So God said, okay, you cut yourself away from me, you reject me, I now give people who come from you faith. And you want evil? Okay, be as you like. The nature from good only, God created good, became corrupt because they wanted that corruption. Okay, so if we understand this, then we understand why people commit sins. You want to blame someone? Blame Adam and Eve. And then we say, well, we have the freedom not to. Yes, we have the freedom, but you know what? Our desire is evil often. We can say no, but it's different. It's difficult. What are the commandments of God? Commandments of God are, if Adam and Eve didn't fall from sin, they, they would have kept it 100%. But because they wanted sin, and they didn't want to obey God. They desired evil. 
God is telling Adam and Eve and all of us to do what? To be good. The commandments are telling us what is right and what's wrong. Do what is right and hate what is wrong. Right? So they didn't want that. They knew the commandments of God. They didn't want it. So they said, no, I don't want to be good. Just like us. We know what's right and wrong. We know we should forgive everyone, even if they don't apologize. Because God said, love your enemy. Your enemy is not going to apologize after they hurt you. But God said, forgive. Not because they apologize. They haven't changed. They're, they're still evil against you. God said, forgive even your enemy. But we don't. Why? Because we choose to desire evil and commit evil. Okay, so who are we going to blame now? When you see people's sins, you have to understand where did it originate from? It came from Adam and Eve. So that we can be somewhat compassionate to people and understand. Just for example, a child, he's running around, he's being naughty, he's knocking things over. He said, don't knock over that water, please, please, please. On purpose, he knocks it over. Okay? What are you going to do? Slap him out? Is it going to help? You know what I mean? Like, we understand his age is like that. His behavior may be like that. We bear with him. See, adults make sins too. Adult types of sin. So what are we going to do? We have to know that this is not God created us this way, but we, our desire may be evil, but we can desire good. We have the freedom. Look at Virgin Mary. She's perfect in her desire. She was born with the original sin of Adam and Eve, but in her desire, she hated evil. We should hate evil too. We should. If we don't, then we commit sins on our own free will. So when you see people committing their sins, you know what? You're not perfect, I'm not perfect. Who's perfect? Only Virgin Mary. Well, you're not Virgin Mary. What well, no, am I? So when you see their sins, Understand, be compassionate. How can we be compassionate if we understand? We're adults here. We understand a child, you tell him, don't do this, don't do that, and he does it. Because why? He just, he just feels like sick. He doesn't want you to tell him to do all the time. He's sick of adults controlling <coughs> He does it. Okay, we understand. We understand his nature. We have to understand adults too. When they sin, we understand that's our nature that we are prone to sins. We don't have to sin. We're not programmed to sin. But often we we desire evil. We do. That's why the commandments we can't keep them. Because the commandments are too good. Too good for us, eh? Okay. We're all in the same shoe. I'm not better than you. We're all the same. Okay. So we're all, you know, due to our weaknesses or our sinfulness, we commit sins. And we want the sense of, okay, so we see, okay, you be prepared that a person may commit all those types of sins that we know that I know. So when you see it happening, you put it aside and you give unconditional love. The word is unconditional love. Because yes, he's sinning, his actions are wrong, but humanity has 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 become corrupt from Adam and Eve. We just inherited it, we just came out of them. So we be compassionate and we be understanding. Just like we're understanding about a kid not listening to adults. Don't do this, don't do that, and this to do it. The same with adults. We can sense too. We don't listen to. You know, someone who's a chain smoker or, or an alcoholic or is, is on drugs, you tell them, stop it, stop it, stop it. 
they don't often, you know, you expect, you know. People also don't listen very well to what is good for them, right? So that you put through things, how can I say, you expect it. If you expect it, you don't go crazy and say, no, I can't take it, you're not gonna quit, I'm gonna get a divorce. Just stop it, just stop it. Getting divorced is not the department either. Just put these things aside and see how to solve this problem, how to help them, how to build one, one another up. You know, I think in life, I, so how to separate the sins from the sinner? Say that the sins, you expect the humanity, it's our weaknesses, it's our nature that we desire sinfulness. We are selfish. That's why God says love. And his love, when he says love, he means unconditional love. But we can't, why? Because we're selfish. Love is opposite of selfishness. Look at how God loves. God is love, right? Okay, I want to show God. It's love. Think about it. God is the creator. He's the most powerful thing out there. Do you think he needs anything of creation? He created humanity. He created us. What? Show, look, look, look at this story of creation. Six days. Each day, it's not 24 hours, it's a time period, okay? So many years, okay? He created the heavens, the place heaven. For who? For the angels to live with him in heaven. And what do the angels get? God is peace, love, and joy. Three things. Peace, love, and joy. So strong. He's giving his angels peace, love, and joy in heaven. Why did he create them? Because he is love, and his unconditional love, he is not happy unless he gives. He is not selfish. Look at what does God do to understand what he is. He has love. He's, he's the source of love. He needs to give his love or else he can rest. He can't rest. He can't stop his work. Okay, after that, he created the sky, the atmosphere, the sun. For who? For us. The water, the rain, for who? For us. The land, the vegetation, the plants, the fruits, for who? For us to eat. He created the animals. Why so many different kinds? So we can eat them, and those that we don't eat, we can admire them because they're so nice. They're so beautiful, they're so cute. You know, we don't eat a cat, but people like cat because they're so cute, and a dog, right? Why? It's your best friend, you know? So God created all these things for who to enjoy us. What is so good about you and me that God, like that, that makes God, how can I say, feel that we're so important? Nothing. Do we even keep any one of his commandments to the degree? You know what I mean? Like, like what does he see in us? And why did he create us? Why did he create people at the end? Because after he created everything, the people come at the end, Human being, to enjoy, to enjoy everything that he created. Why? Because then we can feel his love. What's the difference between us people and everything that he created on earth? On earth, I, I don't mean in heaven with the angels. We're different from the animals, have you noticed? How? We have a spirit. God created Adam from the dirt, the mud of the ground. You know what dirt is? It's smelly and it's dirty. You get it on your feet or your shoes, you have to wash it off. That dirty thing. He created Adam from the dirt. 
something dirty, worthless, low. And he breathed into him to give him the spirit as a spiritual man. He has a spirit, people, a soul, and a body. Animals don't have the spirit, they just have the soul and the body. So that's why have you noticed that animals are not spiritual? Have you noticed that animals don't pray? They're not religious. They're free. They don't do anything. You know, they, they don't work that much. They can pray. They don't. Have you noticed? Why? Why? Because when they die, the body and the soul die here. That's it of their life. They're not going to go to heaven or hell. But we have a spirit of all creation on earth. We're the most important thing. What does the spirit in us make us, essentially? Make us spiritual. Why God gives us his spirit? So that when we die, you know what's going to happen? Our body and soul dies. But the spirit doesn't. It can go to heaven or hell. Right? And life is just one lifetime. There's no reincarnation. That's why life is precious. And do you know every day we are closer to death? And as we approach death, we are closer to eternal life, either in heaven or hell. Do you know that every day we can add to our life in heaven or add to our life, our suffering in hell? Every day is so important. So why did God create us if you think about it? And all this creation, so that we, on earth I mean, so that we can receive his love. We enjoy love, life on earth. Some people say, how can you be spiritual in a chaotic world? I tell you, you, we have God. God created the world. God is in the world. You don't believe the world. God is in the world. God is in you. God is giving you your heart, mind, and your heart, mind, and soul, and your strength, your works. You can live in the world, and you must live in the world if you don't run away to be a monk or a nun. If you didn't get the call to be a monk or a nun, you live in the world with God. With God, God created the world. God is in the world. The world belongs to God. God is one who created everything. So how do we live in the world with God? So that you be happy. Jesus said it, love him first. Jesus said it, focus on love. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. I find many people in the world, they're not happy, although they have everything. They might have money, they might have children, they might have you know, um, they own buildings or businesses, and they're successful in their education and financially, they're well. But you know what? They're not happy. They're not happier than me, and I don't have all that. They're not happy in peace. They're stressed out. They're under so much stress, worried for their kids, worried for their parents, worried for their spouse, they're always worrying. They, and then they ask, how can I get peace? I don't feel God. I said, you know what? God says, his commandments is for all of us. It's not just for monks and nuns and priests to love him. The commandment of God is for everyone. God is in the world. So you live through the world if you're married or single or you're working or whatever. You live through the world with Focus on God, help me to love you more. Help me to love you more. Help me to see things in your light so that I can be happy. 
Do you think God created us creation, everything? Even the angels come down to serve us. Even each one of us have a guardian angel. Even Archangel Michael and, and all the other angels come and serve us to protect us. I see kids running around all the time. And sometimes I, I, I wonder, they run and they, they, they can run into danger, hurt themselves so much, yet they don't. You know how the guardian angels help them so much? God created creation to show his love. His creation served us, human beings. Have you thought about that? Do we deserve anything? And yet, we're not happy. We're sad. We're stressed out. We don't feel God's love. Or we're in pain. Why? I think we, we don't recognize. So how can we recognize? How can we love God with our heart and soul practically? How to do it now? You have to, your mind is your thinking, your understanding. Your, your thinking has to be right. You need discernment to see things. Many people see things bad, but God not mean for it. Everything that God allows for us to happen is for good for those who love him. And those who love him will keep his commandments. And his commandments are what? Generally virtues. His commandments are to get virtues. So anything that disturbs you, it's a sign from God to let you know you lack a virtue. You lack a virtue. And often it's pride, and often it's pride or selfishness, they stick together. Often it's lack of love for others. And often it's, I don't have enough love of God. Jesus said, love him. So people are running after others to love. I want you to love me. I want my husband and my kids to love me and everyone to love me. Yes, that's fine. But really, if you want real love that will stay, and that's unconditional, why not the God's love? God said, love me. Give me all your heart, mind, and soul. It's a commandment. God is dying. He literally came to die to give us his love. And so we feel like, no, I'm not happy. I don't feel love. I don't feel peace, love, and joy. Why? Because you're not opening up your mind, your heart, and your soul to him, and you're not doing the works of love. What are the works of love? Works that are righteous, not sinful. So how do we love God practically? Day throughout the day, have short prayers for him. I see something. I see the church so I say, God, in my soul, I am so happy. I love this church. When I see people's faces, if I see someone go, Sad, I say a short prayer for her. I say, God, help her feel better. When I see someone lost, I thought, God, help him find where he should be. When I'm on the streets, I thought, I said, God, help the people reach their destination. Thank you for the safety. Thank you for the ride. You know, make short prayers throughout the day so that you feel God is with you. God is with you in the chaotic world. Where, where is he? He's in your heart, mind, and soul. You don't have to call him on mobile, you know, he's in you. How does your soul be attached to God? Very easy. You know how I do it? I feel God all the time. I say to God, God, help me love you more. Help me love you more. And try to listen to music, Christian music. Music touches the soul. Like in the monastery, we pray a lot. So we pray the Tesbaha and we pray Vespers and pray Mass a lot. So the prayers, it touches the soul. Music touches the soul. If you want your soul to be deepened with God, listen to the Tesbaha or listen to any Christian songs you like over and over again. You will find it touches the soul and it makes you love God more. 
And I always pray, I say, God, help me to love you. Throughout the day, I say, God, I love you, I love you. Focus on love. Why? Because God is love. If you focus on love, you're on the right track. You have the right foundation. And help me, just help me see things in your light. So that everything, every day, when God allows things to happen, I know it's his plan. That why? That I grow in keeping his virtues, like his commandments. Anything that irritates you, upsets you, it's a sign from God that you lack a virtue. Maybe you're worried. You need to pray more to God to deepen your peace so that you don't worry. Your love, your trust in him, your faith. And if you worry about people things, maybe because you're too attached to them, to attach. God said, if you give God all your heart, mind, and soul, it means you're attached to God. If you're attached to God, you cannot be attached to creation. God said be attached to Him on earth so that we can feel heaven on earth. So that we have peace, love, and joy. But if we don't be attached to God, or we're attached to God 50%, 50% of my heart and my mind is attached to money, or my work, or my family, or my friends. Anything that's of creation, you will see you will be maybe only 50% really happy. Do you know that, you know the people in the Bible about 30, 60, 100%, people who are 30% spiritual, 60%, 100%, whatever percentage you get on earth, it's what, when you die, if you go to heaven, if you repent enough, it's what, how much you will be rewarded. So if you live right now, it's 30% with God, because 70% you're busy with your kids, you're busy with your work, you're busy with everything else in the world, that only 30% with God, okay? If you judge your whole person completely, okay? Do you, do you know that when we die, maybe really God will reward that person because 30%. Someone will get 60, someone will get 100%. Do you know that in life, we often help people? You often do things to help people. You open the door for them, you smile at them, you greet them wherever you go. You might do little things, you, you, even your job, even though you get paid with your job, but your job may be in some kind of service, you're doing service to people, you're helping people, right? That's great, but you know what? Don't forget to help yourself. Every day, we're closer to death. Why not go for the 100%? I'm going for it. You don't have to be a nun if you don't got to get the call for it. But you know what? When we die, how God will judge us? God's going to judge me the same as you. And what is, how is that? God's going to judge us again according to his commandments. How much did you love me? How much did you love your neighbors? How much did you really keep my commandments? The same as you. Our lifestyle may vary, may differ. I'm a nun, maybe you're married, maybe you're single, whatever. Maybe you're a priest, whatever. It doesn't matter. God's going to not going to judge us according to our lifestyle. Doesn't matter if you have kids or not. Doesn't matter if you're married or not. Doesn't matter if you're a monk or not. It doesn't matter. That's not a commandment of God. Commandment of God at the end is the same for all of us. So it means that even if you choose to live in the world and not leave it like me, you must and you can keep the commandments of God. To love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love others unconditionally. So we must how to love others unconditionally. We must understand the sense of humanity, we know what they are. Usually it's pride, like a love, selfishness, um, ignorance, greed. Okay, we put that aside. 
if we, if we see that happens with people. And we just love, because I have love to give. Not because there's something good in you. Not because I want anything from you. It's because I have love to give. Just like when people want to donate, they just donate. They don't care really, you know, what the church does with the money, or if you donate to cancer society, or, or you donate to a hospital. You know what they're gonna do with it, who cares? After you donate, you feel, I've done my part. I've donated, I feel good. It's the same, how can you love people unconditionally? Put their sins aside. That's an issue God will judge them for. But my judgment doesn't count, right? And if I judge them, judge them, I'm gonna to sin too? Okay, then put their sins aside. Pray for them. In scripture, we see people's sins. Some people say, don't look at people's sins because you're weak. But if you are mature, you will look at their sins. And you will benefit. How? When you see the sins of people, why? Because God gives you a brain, eyes and ears to see people's sins. God means everything for good. Okay, so what's the good? I see that person is mean, he's cruel, he's lying, he's deceiving. Okay, how can I benefit? I see his sins. I pray for him. I feel sorry for him. Feel compassionate. Don't judge him. So if I judge him, I will lose the peace, love, and joy because God said, you're sinning now, so I can't dwell in you. So I feel sorry for him. And I just feel sorry for him. God help him. Help him to see that. Like, help him stop it. He's so, he's so, you know, like, he's like not careful about himself, his life. Forgive him. Help him. Repent for him. Repent for him. If you really are mature, or adults here, I'm talking to adults, right? We're not just adults in age. If you really want to grow the spiritual life, do what Virgin Mary the saints and Jesus did. Jesus was on the cross. He was crucified. Who crucified him? The high priest. Who's the high priest equivalent to nowadays our Pope? Can you imagine? Just imagine with me, okay? I studied the Bible, right? So my, my thoughts are always in the Bible. Okay, the high priest said to crucify him because he says that he's the son of God. The high priest called for a nocturnal meeting with the Sanhedrin. Who are the Sanhedrins? They're the bishops. So the bishops and the high priest, they are the magma mukhtis, the Holy Senate nowadays. Can you imagine? The Holy Senate, imagine, okay? Had a meeting and they were the ones who crucified the Savior. But we know one who's good of the Sanhedrin, Nicodemus. And the priesthood, they were crooked. Remember Monday of Holy Week, Jesus made a cord and turned over the tables of the money changers because they were ripping people off. And the animals that they were selling for sacrifice should be animals unblemished. They were selling animals like, like the sheep that were blind or, or had, had, had blemishes in them, maybe crippled. They weren't supposed to sell animals that had blemishes, but they sold it. Why? Just to get their money. But who are the only, which priest we know was good, holy, sacrifice? The husband of Elizabeth. The rest, we don't really hear that they're good. Okay, they are the ones that, they were the priests with the fathers of the church of whom? Of Virgin Mary. Have you noticed the Virgin Mary? She was given to the temple at the age of three. 
and she lives at, up to the age of 12. She saw all this corruption. She was not blind, stupid. She was intelligent. But what did she do? She benefited from their sins. Those are her fathers. Those are the Holy Senate. Those are her priesthood. That most of them were so corrupt. She never sinned in judging them. What did she do? She repented for them. She prayed for them. And she's still doing that for us now. Look at Jesus when he was on the cross, hanging on the cross. What happened? Virgin Mary was there crying. The high priest, can you imagine the Pope was there? What did he say? If you are the Son of God, you come down and we will believe in you. Ha ha ha. She heard that. Virgin Mary, she saw it. The Pope said that, or the high priest, to her face, into the face of Jesus, her Son of God. And what did Jesus say? And she was silent. She didn't say, stop it, how can you do that? That's my son. She didn't say anything because she was repenting for them and she understood that they were blind spiritually of their sins, of their evilness, of their pride. What did Jesus do? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Didn't Jesus say that? Oh my God. So what are we supposed to do when we see the sins of others? Do what Jesus says. Father, he doesn't know, she doesn't know what she's doing, he's doing. And pray for them if you're sorry. And put their sins aside because you know what? We're all not perfect. I think Virgin Mary is the only really successful one. And you're not Virgin Mary and I'm far from it. I've seen so many times in my life that, you know, I'm far from everything, okay? I'm far from going to heaven. I, I need to repent even. So when we see the sins of people, what? We're laughing because we see your sins and you don't see mine, or I'm not looking at mine. I'm hiding mine. Don't. If you understand, you don't see everything from a big picture, it will help us forgive people. Why are families broken? There's no forgiveness. One is hurting the other. I think we need to sit down and really see, you know, what is the purpose? How to build our family up? Build your family up spiritually. Forgive and don't hurt one another. How? Have God among you all. And God is what? He is love. And He is humble. Besides love, second thing is humility. Satan fell from white pride. And Adam and Eve fell from white pride. They don't want. God to be telling them what to do. They want, they want to be God themselves. It's pride. So whenever we want authority, people listen to us, or else we get upset. I am the director. You don't listen to me. Who gave you the director? But you know what? You have to watch over the pride. You can be a director, but don't be proud. Be humble, Jesus. Be kind. Be compassionate. You can get your words across, your, your message across, in a nice way. By what? By being compassionate and loving. Also, I think at your, oh, with the question about spiritual lukewarmness, how do we break through that? God allows spiritual lukewarmness on purpose, you know why? So that he can reward us for something. He is taking the Holy Spirit, not making us the giving the grace for us. If you're so, so, so close to God, so you know, so much, so strong, and He's 
having the Holy Spirit, the grace subside of him, so that we can earn something in heaven. We can earn something. How do we earn it? We have to ask God to help me to keep your commandments, help me to love you more, help me. And see, have God always more in your mind. Thank you for short prayers and your soul. How do I pray? You know, we're supposed to pray unceasingly. How to do that? I'm not always taking carefully, so carefully, so Lord mercy, Lord mercy in my mind or in my mouth. I don't really, you know, always have a prayer in my mind, but my soul. I just love God. I just love Him. Why? He is the creator, good God. He created me. He protects us from the devils. He is the one who gives us life. He is the one with us that is forgiving us. He is the one that gives creation that we can enjoy. He is the one that gives people, me people love me and I can share my love with. He is the one that we give so much help that we're alive on planet Earth and, and have friends or maybe have family. You know, like he's the one giving us everything, and what did I do to deserve anything? And even all the things he gave me, what have I done? Have I returned as much as he, he has given me? No. And yet, he still gives me, he still loves me. He's still always like, you know, making me feel good when I haven't even repented yet of my sins. If I've really repented my sins, I won't be committing the same sins over again. He's just so kind, so merciful. And you know what? Think about God. Sometimes I think he's the greatest beggar. I know no one ever says that, but I just make it to myself. You know what a beggar is? A beggar says, begging, begging, please, 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 please. He's begging us to take, to accept his love, to accept him into our heart and soul. He 24 7 has nothing better to do. The wait on us. He's always waiting on us. As though we are like, wow, you know, the king or something, or really something. He's always free waiting on us. I've, and he's always, always wanting us to turn back to him. He's always there waiting on us. I feel he's the biggest beggar. I know we never use this word, but I like to meditate on my own. He's the biggest beggar. You know why? Because he's the most humble thing. He's so humble. And he's begging us, what are we? Like, what is there in us that he sees good that he needs? Nothing, right? Nothing. Like, we are just like, very, like, we don't keep his commandments. We're like, you know, I don't want to say that we're failure, but, you know, like, we didn't live up to his expectations of, you know, to really try harder. We can always try harder to keep his commandments. And yet, he still blesses us and helps us and gives to us. I want it so bad, so bad. Like what is there in us that he sees so good? So it makes me feel like, oh my God, you're just too awesome to be true. I don't deserve you. I don't deserve you at all. It just touches my heart and soul. If you meditate on what God is doing to us, and feel his presence. Look at creation. Look at the icons so beautiful. He created people who are artists. And the wood and the architectural design is so beautiful. All our churches. He, he gives people the talent. When we look at creation, we see how beautiful God is. 
God is so beautiful. And look at all the trees, the different colors and the plants. And now the flowers are coming out of the trees and the plants. For who? For us to enjoy. Who's looking at all this nature? I don't think the animals pay attention or even understand. It's us. You know, so when I see anything, I see creation, I see the world, it makes me feel God more. You have to feel that way too. You live in the world. How can you not feel God? God is in the world. God is the one who allows people to make everything so beautiful in the world. And nature is so beautiful. And so many beautiful people. And I see the souls of the people so beautiful. I see the spirit of God in so many of you, and all of you, so beautiful. So when you live in the world, my God, you are bombarded with God's presence in his creation. How can you not feel God? Because you don't attribute that creation. God is the one behind it and make it so beautiful. We don't attribute that creation is from God. Isn't he the creator and everything is part of his creation? You know, so that's how I feel. God is so beautiful and simple. People live in the world, they're chaotic, they don't feel God. What do you mean you don't feel God? Even if you're blind, you will feel God. Even if you're blind, you will feel, oh, I can breathe. You can feel the food, you can eat it, you can hear the music. It's just whether you acknowledge God. God is everywhere. I see He's, he's ever in creation. So when you live in the world, you say it's chaotic. But if God is with you. God is with you. Go through this chaotic world with God. God is in the world. God is in the creation, everything. God is in us. The Spirit of God is in everyone. But some people reach out God. But we know God created that person. That's part of God's creation. I feel the presence of God in all his creation, that he made that. So when I see people, even if they're not Christians, it reminds me of God. God created them. You know how I just... How can I say, I acknowledge God's presence in his creation and him in me. So you live in a chaotic world. So how do you do it? You have to know right from wrong. You have to have enlightenment. You have to know, the, the word is discernment. Say, Anthony said the greatest virtue of a monk, but I think the greatest virtue for anyone, not just a monk, but because he teaches monks, he just said monks, okay? But I think for everyone, okay? The greatest virtue is discernment. He didn't say love. Because some people love, 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 love. They love to the point that they're on the wrong track. They love maybe, for example, their friend or their brother or their spouse so much that they've forgotten God. You need discernment, number one. What is discernment? Discernment is to know how to see your situation in the light of God. And to have discern what is right and wrong. Just like, for example, okay, people now say, oh, sexuality is right, it's cool, it's in, try it. How do we know right from wrong? And, and marijuana you know, is something that you need in order to, to focus, to study, to calm yourself. Okay, so how do we know right from wrong? We know from the Almighty God. We know from the Almighty God because He is the source of all goodness. So how do we know? We know he came down and gave us the Bible. What is the Bible? The Bible is the manual of life. Life is like a game, following this, so that you can 
we see. It's called the game of life. None of us asked to be born. Have you thought about it? And none of us asked to be born the way we are born. I didn't ask to be born Chinese and a female and with the characteristics that I have or the gifts that I have and the weaknesses that I have. None of us has to be born. Have you thought about it? But we will create more. And we know that one day we're all going to die. There's a day that we'll die. We'll not live forever. Okay, to understand this one life. So what are we supposed to do on earth with the time that we have? We need to know what's the purpose of life. And how to win the game. We win the game if when it comes time for us to die, we end up in heaven and not hell. Okay, so how do we understand this game? Just like any game that you may play. Maybe you play a game on a mobile. You know the games? I don't know. I don't play games, but I know some people who get it, you see? To understand how to play the game and how to win the game and how to get the points in the game, you need to know what? Who created the game? The yeah, the rules. Who created the rules? Who's the engineer, software engineer of the app? Okay, life is a game. We will create it as players on earth. We have a time limit and we will die. After we die, we go to heaven or hell. Okay, who's the creator of the game of life? It's God, right? We know that because we know God. God created us in his game. Okay, so how do we know how to play the game so that we win the game and that we win at the end, go to heaven and not hell? And how do we, how do we get the points to get the 100% or 60% in heaven? We have to know from the creator of the game. So the creator of the game came down and told us, in the Bible, he wrote it in a book. What is the Bible? It's the manual. The game of life. I meditate like this. I don't know. I don't, I don't you know, think like this. The Bible is the manual of life to explain life, the creator, creation, how we're going to live on earth to win the game, go to heaven or lose, go to hell. Okay, so now we are in the game. We've been living on earth for over 20 years, most of us, I think. Okay? I've lived on in that. Okay. So how do we play the game? The rules of the game for all of us is the same. It's keep the commandments of God. Jesus said, love him. We need to know how to even love. We need discernment. Where do we get discernment from? For example, you might have problems, stress in your life. What should I do? Why do I feel better? How do I feel better? We need discernment. Where do we get that discernment from? Go back to the manual of the game of life. It's called wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. It's the teachings of God in the Bible. What is the Bible? It's teaching us how to live life so that when you stress, when you bother, when you have problems, you go back to see how am I supposed to deal and see my situation? You need discernment. Discernment comes from wisdom. Wisdom comes from the Word of God, the teaching of God in the Bible. And it's often the commandments. The commandments are telling us how to live life. Don't do this, do that. So, after studying the Bible, I haven't finished the whole, 
whole entire part of the way. Now, after 10 years of meditating, you see how I meditate on every word, everything? I try to see how to, how to benefit now. Focus on five things. Faith, we have faith by God. Second, discernment. See, anything is said, discernment is the greatest thing. Discernment. Then love. Get unconditional love from God. If you feel you're not happy, you don't have enough love, get it from God. Don't get it from people. Don't get it from people. Don't get it from people. People don't have unconditional love. People may change. You may change. Their expectation may change. Their character may change. Your expectation of them may change. They may move. You might not see them. They may die. Okay? So don't get it from that. You're going to be hurt often if you're going to want love from people. God said he is love. Jesus said, get it from him. Your heart, mind, and soul. Fill it with my love, he says. Get it from him. So love is the third thing. The fourth is humility. Because pride is like the mother of all sins, okay? So we to counteract that, we need to be humble. We need to be humble. If we're humble, I don't think anyone can hurt us. If we're really humble, no remark or insult can ever hurt me. No one. No one can ever really hurt me if I'm humble. I, if I don't have something, I don't deserve it. If someone makes fun of me and say, you're not a nine, you're stupid, you don't know what you're talking about. I say, really, I know, I know. Like, I don't, like, my understanding is just scratching the surface of, of the sea. Of course, I don't know everything. Of course, I'm stupid. You know, like, I'm, I'm just saying, talking, but it doesn't mean that I know better than others. So we need humility. And the fifth, repentance. We need to repent. Because if we don't, we won't go to heaven. But we can't repent unless we have the love of God and discernment. Because even, okay, um, the Bible says, even if you can move mountains, even if you can perform miracles, but it's not from the foundation of the love of God. It's nothing. So even to repent, repent because what for the sake of God, God have mercy upon me. I sin against you. I don't keep your commandments because why? And your commandments are right. So even repentance to do it right, you have to be have the love of God. You don't just repent without the love of God, then you're not repenting. You're repenting maybe out of pride. Oh, I'm sorry I did that. I shouldn't have. I know better. It may be pride. It's not out of humility and begging God for mercy. So those five things. And in this world, you know what? Enjoy it and love it, but not love the sins of it. Not love sin. Just like God created us to live in the world, to enjoy and be happy. He's in the world. He's in creation. Everything's so beautiful. Thank you, thank you. But things that are sinful or bad, don't stay away from it. Stay away from it. Don't accept it. Don't, because there's a lot of sins in the world too, and there's Satan fighting God and God's people. So we need discernment. We need to know right from wrong. How do we know? We know from the Bible. And you can ask the priests, they will know. People who specialize in knowing right and wrong. So that we know. And so all these questions of homosexuality and, and marijuana, and I don't know, lots of things, right? There's more, right? What is right and wrong? We know from God. We know from the priests in the church because they understand the Bible. And enjoy living the world 
but not its sins. Take the love of God and give it to people. Give it. Don't want anything from anyone. Or else, you're putting yourself in a vulnerable state. You may be hurt. Many people cry to me and say, my spouse, my husband doesn't love me, but my wife doesn't love me, my kids left me. And, you know, like, just stop it. Stop it. Get the love from God. Get the love from God. You're going to be hurt if you want love from people all the time. Because we're not perfect. We're not perfect. And we're not there for people all the time to help them and have the right word to comfort you. So get the love of God. Enjoy the world, but not its sins. And have God in your mind. Thank Him. Pray for people throughout the day. And with their soul, love Him. I feel like I just, my soul, I love God and I long for Him. That's prayer. What is prayer? You know how we're supposed to pray consistently? You know how to do it? Have your soul just always long for God. And if you don't have that, listen to Christian music. I like Tesbaha. I don't listen to it, but because I pray every day, that's I hear it every day as, as I pray it. That it touches my soul. Prayers touches our soul. Music touches the soul. To draw you closer to God. Listen to Christian songs that you like. And in your heart, okay? Ask God, say, God, help me to love you more. Because why? I want to love you because you are the best. You are the best. If you don't love God so much above creation, like, it's like telling God, I don't want to go to heaven because in heaven there's nothing but you. And I don't love you that much. You know? You know? Like, really think about the purpose of life. It's that we live with God and we be forever with Him in heaven. So he gives us to have people and families or friends and work and social life and entertainment to, how can I say, enjoy? But that's the purpose. But then we get attached to the enjoyment. We get attached to the alcohol, become an alcoholic. We attach to the marijuana and then be, be addicted. We be attached to the food so that we have cholesterol or diabetes. We get attached to the people that our heart is not attached to God. But you have to re-evaluate yourself. God created us to do what? To be attached to Him and enjoy creation. But not to be attached. Be attached to God and give the love of God to creation. And you'll be the happiest person. Yes? is that you mentioned you have to have love for God as your number one and only thing, which is we all understand. Then discernment, we know that we need to know His commandments and everything. Is it wrong for us as human beings on this planet to say, God, I love you, you're supposed to be my Heavenly Father, not my earthly Father. I come to you and I know your promises. I know that you can take care of me. I know you love me. However, in your Bible, in your manual, you said that you're not going to leave me and leave me.
can appear from this part. My parents love me, I give my love to people, but what about Heavenly Father that I'm supposed to come to him? So where's the discernment in this? Where's his commandments? Where's his promises? Because sometimes we break beyond like a little boundary. So where's his promises? Sorry, it's a question that so my question you don't is feel that we his We have to love God as our Heavenly Father, and we're supposed to come to Him. And we're holding on to His promises and His commandments, and we're trying our best to be living in this world for Him to enjoy Himself, but we don't feel His love in our life. So, what do we do? Because this is too much right now. I'm sorry, like, we start reading. Um, um, I don't understand the question. So, the question is we start to love God everywhere you go. Having new priority, then we start. Is this from God? Is this from the world? Check this manual. All that stuff that we've been told ever since we were born. Love God. But when we were growing up, I don't know about the Chinese community, God's gonna punish you if you do this. God is gonna do this because this is the wrong mentality. This is what we teach Sunday school kids. So how do we discern and how do we gain God's love and he's supposed to be our heavenly father when I don't feel what he loves? And you said how do you love God if you what? You know that he loves you. You don't feel he loves you? Oh, okay. Just like for example, say Anthony, he was struggling. Um, and um, the devil fought him. And the animals came to his, his cell and, and were scaring him. And he said, God, where are you? You left me. I don't feel your help. I don't feel your love. And the voice came to him and said, Anthony, I'm beside you all the time, just watching you struggle. I haven't left you, I'm beside you. You have to think this, okay? God cannot leave us, you know why? He's everywhere. He is everywhere. He's in us, in the world, he's everywhere. He is a spirit that's everywhere, so he cannot not be a part of his creation. He's everywhere. So even if I don't feel him, it doesn't mean that he's not there. Just as for example, I don't feel like someone maybe sitting beside me here in the back, and I'm, I'm looking at all of you, and I don't notice that he's here. But he's here. So just because you don't feel him, don't think that he's not with you. Think that he thinks now, okay, you're a big girl now. I want you to earn it. You're not a little child. You, I want to earn it, okay? I want you to struggle and not feel my love for you because why? If I don't let you feel my love, do you still love me or no? You're going to complain? Oh, so you just love me because I give you something. But when I don't, you hate me now, eh? You you. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you, I'm, I'm saying in general. So God is trying to give you an opportunity to say, God, I love you because I love you, not because of anything you give me. I love you for who and what you are, not what you have to give me. Yes? No, no, I'm, I'm not saying you. Oh, okay. Okay. Source of peace, he's the king of peace. Mm -hmm. We're asking for his love, mm -hmm. right? So we're asking him to get closer to him. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? It took me 30 years, it doesn't come right away. So, that's the thing, right? So, how long 
your whole lifetime, your whole lifetime, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're going to say, okay, I'm going to give you five years of my life. If you, if you don't come by the end of this year, that's it. It's your whole lifetime. I'm serious. See, like, even when you struggle, I know God is with me. I know God is with me. And he's allowing me to feel this struggle. Why? For my benefit. Whenever we struggle, it's to gain a virtue. If we really want to benefit, everything that bothers us is God intends it so that we can gain a virtue. A virtue of what? Love is long-suffering. You know, in the Bible it says love is long-suffering. So I'm suffering for what? I'm suffering for you, God. I am going to do what is right even though the world says it's wrong. I'm not going to be homosexual even though the world says it's good. I'm going to suffer for you and because I'm going to stand up for righteousness even if my friends and colleagues are teasing me and rejecting me. It's long-suffering. Even long suffering, when I struggle, I feel, God, I don't feel your love. God, I don't feel your help. God, I have a problem with my, my family. And you, all these years, we've been praying and crying. You don't solve it. Who says God has to solve it? God maybe just wants us to pay for everything. We just pray to God, God, help me see things in my life and help me accept it. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me to keep your commandments. And the harder it is, really, okay? the greater the reward. The harder it is for you to, to keep the commandments of God. See, we don't pray to God because we, we want miracles. Take my problem away. Solve our problem. Heal my illnesses. If you don't, God, I lose faith in you. Don't have that mindset. Don't. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's like I'm commanding God, okay? I pray, I'm going to pray to God to heal this person or for him to change, stop his alcoholic, and if, he, if you don't help him, I'm not going to be happy. Don't put, how can I say, God is in command, not us. We just accept everything. Don't, don't ask for things. If we really accept the will of God, you know, in the Lord's prayer, say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We shouldn't be asking for anything besides that your will be done and happy to accept it. So whatever God wants, it's okay. So he wants us to suffer more. But why am I unhappy suffering? Because I don't see the light. I don't have discernment. I don't see why God made this happen to me. I lost my job. I'm poor now. Why? You know, like, you have to look at it from God's perspective to feel that really I, didn't, I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve anything. And maybe, you know, now I have to work my way up again because I lost my high position. Now to find another job, job, I just start again. Maybe it's also to be humble. You know, like, how can I be humble unless I'm, how can I say, unless I'm dehonored or demoted? You learn it through happening, and then it hurts, and then you bear with it, and then it changes you. But what, that's not going to happen unless it actually something strong to make it happen. You know what I mean? So when we feel any struggle, okay, take it as a blessing. It's from God for you to learn a virtue. Because if we really have all the virtues, nothing can hurt us. We'll just be too happy. We'll be too happy. Nothing can hurt us. And really, okay, don't think, like, how, how can I say, God, this struggle I've had for so many years, when is it going to stop? Don't ask things like that. Don't ask for things like that. God is the one who allows things to happen every day, right? The Lord's word will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he allows it for good. Your problem is, I don't see the good um, in it. 
It's not that the situation is not good. I don't know how to benefit from this situation that I don't like. I'll give you an example. When I was young, my childhood, if I took my childhood, you won't believe, I don't know if this went okay. I had a problem. I was, I'm sensitive to ghosts. I had nightmares. As far back as I can remember, as far as four years old until I was nine years old, everything had recurring nightmares. And what my nightmares were, I dream it's dark. It's after nine o'clock at night. My brothers and sisters are not with me. I'm lost in some street. And there's no one, and I don't know how to go home. And it's pitch black, and the ghosts are after me. They're trying to find me to drag into hell with them. I had recurring nightmares like that every day until nine years old. I was such a petrified girl with panic attacks. I would go to school, then at night I never slept well. I go to school because I didn't sleep well, I cannot concentrate. Um, and when I see the teacher, I'm always afraid. I'm afraid of people because I feel the ghost during the day too. I was like, but the ghost never went into me to, you know, but it just haunted me from within. I was not, not within, in dreams and in places. I just feel the presence of ghosts. But you know what? Now that I think back, you know how I really benefited from it? It made me pray. But at that time, I was a Buddhist. So one of my brothers who's in Buddhism, you don't get Chinese or into Buddhism, okay? One of my brothers taught me how to pray to the Buddhas to protect me from the ghosts that I'm afraid of. So the fear, you know, when you're afraid, 24 hours a day, every day, can't sleep, it taught me how to always cry out to the Buddha, protect me, protect me, protect me. I learned how to pray incessantly due to fear, of course. And then later, when I was 22, I converted into Christianity. I already learned how to pray incessantly. Because it was from my childhood, from the ghosts. So you can turn something bad. Why did God allow me to be haunted by ghosts? So that I hate them. And later in life, when I will become a Christian, I will love God so much because I hate the ghosts. And I know God will defeat the ghosts, the devils. And the ghosts, they try to haunt me and scare me, and they were very successful. But you know what? I learned how to pray consistently against the power. So everything God allows for good for those who love him. And those who love him will keep his commandments. So what did I do in keeping his commandments? I learned to pray in season and I learned to love God. I didn't know God was not in Buddhism, but when I found out that in, at age 22, I just love him so much. He's the God that I've been praying for all my life. So much that when I was 22, and became a Christian, then I thought maybe I become a Christian now because I love God so much. And even when I was 16 years old, I was still in Buddhism. I thought maybe I become a Buddhist now because I was so thankful for the God that I thought was in Buddhism that protected me. So even something you can see is so bad. Some people have panic attacks. Some people are always anxious. Turn that into prayers. And it will help you become spiritual. 
Turn it into prayers. Turn it into a virtue. See what do you think God means for everything. Some people say, my son hurt me. My daughter hurt me. My spouse hurt me. My husband hurt me. And the whole world's hurting my life. Turn it into prayers. Turn it into prayers for God. Help me, help me, help me. I can't take it. I can't take this. I can't take this. Help me, strengthen me. Help me to love you more. Help me, help me to be more humble so that I won't get upset. If one is really humble, it will never be upset. You know why? A person who's not humble feels, I deserve this. I deserve to have good kids. I taught him everything good. He turned out bad. Oh my God. Didn't reap, like, didn't pay back what I gave. As though I deserve something. I tell them, no, you know, what you, if you raise your kids good and they turn evil or against God and you keep your righteousness, you know, don't judge him and be compassionate and repent for him and still give unconditional love with discernment, God will reward you more in heaven than you had the perfect kids, that you've got your reward on earth. I'm so serious. If you look at everything from God's perspective, you will see the good in it. But the problem is, the world sees everything opposite. And say, no, my son is bad. He has left church. He is into drugs. And he hates me. He swears at his family. He swears at his parents. He swears at... Have to kick him out now. Does God kick us out when we swear at him, when we rebuke him, when we reject him, when we don't keep his commandments? God never cut us off. So how do we deal with all these situations in life, for example, okay? The Bible taught me, look at how God deals with us, then deal with people that way. Look at, see how to benefit, why are people hurt? Because they want something, they don't have it. But they have something that they don't want. They have mortgages they don't want. They, they want something, they want to be rich and they don't have. They want good kids and they don't have. They want, you know, good family and they don't have. It's always because I want something and I don't have. It's selfishness. Just stop wanting anything. Just stop it. Just stop it. You deserve anything? I think that if you really want to solve the problem, a lot of problems on earth, I say to people, okay? It's because you're selfish. You think about yourself. What is a selfish person? A selfish person is, I think of myself, I should have this, you hurt me. You did this to me. Me, 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 me. I want this. I, I have this. I don't want it. it, it it's I, 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 or me, me, me. You know? Who cares who's right? If you weren't selfish, you didn't think about yourself, you won't have any problems. I'm so serious. Think about the root of all the problems. It's selfishness. He hurted me. I don't deserve this. My son hurted me. I'll do everything I did to him. Who says you deserve to, you know, anything from your son? Don't want anything from anyone. Just give. Look at how this God deal with us. If God counted, he's the best accountant, get God, okay? If he counted, calculated with us, how much he gives us and how much we, we, we return to him. I don't think he would have created creation. I don't think so. <laughs> no way, because okay? he gets ripped off. He doesn't get a bit of all that he gives in return. But why does he still create us? He is love. You know what his love means? His unconditional love. He cannot not give his love to creation. He cannot give his love to others. He must give to the point that he created creation to receive my love, take my love, take it, take it, take it. I want to see one of us nothing. 
He just wants us to accept him in our heart, mind, and soul, so that we can, so that he can give his peace, love, and joy while we're on earth, fill us, and take us forever in heaven. That's all he gets out of it. What do you think the Creator gets out of this game of life? He gets nothing but see his creation, receiving his love. That's all, that's all. And why does he is so crazy about this? 24-7 over this eternally. Eternally he's doing this, okay? It's not just our years on earth. Because he cannot live without giving his love. He cannot just keep it to himself, his love. You know why? Because he's not selfish. His love is, have to give, have to give, have to give. Don't want anything. Just take. I want to give you the best life. I want to give you heaven on earth. Take it. Have me fulfill your heart, mind, and soul. He said, no. Why? Because my children are in my heart, mind, and soul. My parents are in my heart. My, my work, my, 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 my addictions. Okay, we just waste our life. But that's not the purpose of life. God created us, by the way, we can be smell the coffee. God created us so that we can be filled with peace, love, and joy, and that we give to creation. We don't want anything. We don't want anything, but God still gives to us. So that if we give something, it's a, it's a bonus. It's a bonus. I don't deserve it. And if he doesn't give, I don't deserve it. I never feel like upset. You feel upset because you feel like you deserve it. Well, you don't. Solve the problem. Know that you don't deserve anything. That you won't have a problem. I'm so serious. Like, like I'm, I'm just like a philosopher of life. I'm not like, I just want to think it. Why are people upset? What is the purpose of life? How to be happy? What is really happiness? What does God want? How do we do this? How do we do that? You know? So any other questions? So, but I want to close up to say, the 30 years I've been with the Coptic Orthodox Church, and 25 years at the monastery of St. Damiana, with, I lived with over 160 nuns. You know what, this church is the best. And I come back, why? I have so much love, I've gotten so much love from the Coptic Orthodox Church. And the God in our church, it's the best. And I chose to join this church on my own free will. And I got baptized after I had faith in Christianity a year and a half because I church shot in all the other churches. And I told God, I want the best of the best. If I'm gonna leave my religion, which was Buddhism to get into another religion and I get to choose for myself because my family not behind me in this. I want the best of the best and God let me know. The Coptic Orthodox Church has the best and the most deep in, in depth and width of God in them. And then the people, the congregation as a whole, I'm not judging individuals because only God can judge, but as a whole, the congregation of the Coptic Orthodox you people are the best. You know why? I feel your spirit. I feel your humility. You're simple. You're humble. You're simple. And you have love of God. And yes, we all sin. Yes, we're not perfect. But that's okay. I understand. I like that too. But you know, you all love God. And you want God. But you know, it's like our life, sometimes it's cold in the spiritual life. Sometimes it's lukewarm. But that's normal. God love for us so that how can we be spiritual? Keep his commandments. Listen to Christian songs. Read the Bible. Study it like how I do. Meditate upon it. And ask God in your prayers. Tell God, Jesus, I love you. Tell God every day through the day. Tell God, Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. Help me to love you more. Every virtue, even love, 
it's infinite. Because the Holy Spirit is infinite. So every virtue can be infinitely deep. So never feel like, okay, I love God, it's enough. I love, I've reached. No, you can never reach enough. Always want to love God more and see things in His light. So that we don't waste our life. If we see things in His light, we'll be very happy on earth. Because we see how He means, what He means. Everything is for us to gain virtues, not for us to feel bad and be away from Him. If we feel bad and be away from Him, we don't see the light. We don't see the light that He, he intends. So we need to ask the priest to guide us to see why I'm upset in this situation. And He will let us see the light. And see things from God's perspective, don't look at it from your perspective. Try to see it from the big spiritual perspective. He always wants us to grow closer in our love for Him and in virtues, in humility, and not wanting anything for God. We take the love of God to give to people, and you will never be hurt and never be disappointed. And you'll be the happiest person. You'll be the happiest person when you have to get the love of God, the real love of God, you know, and you can give it to people. You'll be so happy that you can give love. And you don't need it for them to give you love, people. Stop it. Get it from the source. Get it from the Creator. And give His love to others. How to evangelize? Some people tell me, how do we evangelize to others? I say, you take the love of God and you give it to them. You, you, you be the real Christian. You keep the commandments. And you be humble. And you give to people. And then if you can touch the heart, because God is love, it's in the heart, you can touch the heart, okay? Then maybe they will listen to some preaching, preaching, preaching. I say, you know something. Get the love of God and touch. Let the love of God touch others. To make them feel like they like you, they feel comfortable with you, they trust you, they love you, they want you. May God bless you all and I thank you all. All your prayers and all your, your worship for God, every one of you adds to the whole of the Coptic Orthodox Church. Don't think that you're not important. Don't think that, you know, you're not part of the whole. And every one of you, I thank you from the bottom of my heart and my soul because it is because of you and your love and your worship of God and, the, and your prayers for me that I stand before you to come back after 25 years being at the Marcus in the Miami region. I come back to say, I love you all. I don't deserve anything. God bless you all and reward you all abundantly because you are the ones who kept the church going. You kept the Coptic church going in Toronto, in our country, in all countries internationally. Our church is growing internationally. And it's because of your contribution, each one of you, that our church is alive and we have the best. We have the best faith, we have the best worship, we have the best prayers, Steve. And you people are the best. God bless you all and make us all worship Him in love and humility. Glory to God. Thank you very much, Melody uh, and Thank you, Melody, for answering so many questions. Uh, at the same time, I want to hear from you. What is the main core message that you heard? Love. <laughs> for the me? Listen to Christian music and what's the message? This is an action, this is a practice. 
from the message of God. And before this, God loves us. God's love is unconditional to us. This is the message. God's love is unconditional to us. And we take this love and we live by it. This becomes our energy. And that's why when we are united with Him in the liturgy, because we need this source of life and love. When we, that's why we are united with the source of life and love. God loves us. I want to hear it from all of you. What is the message? God loves us. This is not all of us. What is the message? God loves us. God loves us. Yes, unconditionally. And when, 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 when we hear God will bless you, what does this mean? Not make me rich. Not make me uh, 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 have a, uh, this job or this spouse or this or this. God bless me, meaning he will lead me towards the kingdom of heaven, even if it is through some challenges, even if it is through some tribulations. We always pray, God, lead, lead us to go out of the way to your kingdom. This is, we continuously pray this, and I love to pray this one. But what does it mean that God will lead us towards his kingdom? Because God loves us, he wants us to spend eternity with him. So God to bless me, meaning he will lead me to his kingdom. Even if there is a need for some obstacles to challenge, to jump, to learn how to pray this easily, to go deeper into our relationship with the Lord. Again, thank you very much, Omena, for this step and for the for for your love and kindness and your model of, of, of humility, of perseverance, of worshiping.